Hello, I'm Peter Laws, and this is a sermon-only episode of the Creepy Cove Community Church podcast. If you'd like to hear the full church service, complete with strange comedy, special guests, and notices like you've never heard before, then all the shows are available for free. Just visit creepycove.com to find out more. But if you just want to hear a sermon, a time of quiet reflection, and a song, then this is for you. I'd be grateful if you could check out patreon.com forward slash creepycove to find out how you can support the show and get lots of exclusive member benefits. But for now, I'll shut up. Here's your sermon. Thanks. Well, last week, we explored how we don't have to pretend to be perfect or to have everything under control because sometimes the best strength in life is to admit weakness. Can you remember? Hopefully you can remember that. Um, Well, we saw this guy in the Bible called Nehemiah who was heartbroken that the walls of his city, Jerusalem, were in ruins. But he had this vision to rebuild that, and he realized it was too much for him to do this alone. Well, tonight I'd like to look at another emotion that he felt when he was faced with this challenge, and that emotion was fear. Now, you guys know a lot about fear in this place, but I want to ask you the question whether you're here tonight or you're listening to this at home. What are you scared of? What really freaks you out? And I don't just mean the fun, scary stuff. Horror films, for example, are what you might call fun scary. We enjoy them. We want to keep coming back for more. But I mean, what actually scares you? I discovered some of the things that I am actually scared of when I was writing a book uh, that I had out called The Frighteners, a nonfiction book about why we love monsters, ghosts, death and gore. And in that book, it was cool. Right? I, went, I went to Transylvania and Rome and Britain. I was explaining and defending the human morbid streak. And that book has lots of examples of me having fun, scary activities, getting chased by zombies in a nuclear bunker in Essex, hunting werewolves in Hull. All these things genuinely happened and they were spooky, fun and a good laugh. However, there's a chapter in that book about the paranormal and it explores why people are drawn to that topic as I am. And as research, I stayed at a haunted hotel, which had underground vaults. I I went down there and was shown a weird subterranean barber shop where a murderer used to work in the 1970s, right? That was spooky enough. But that night, after we'd been looking around the hotel underground, I stayed in the hotel room and I won't go into detail now, but suffice to say, I was scared. And I mean, I slept with the lights on. I slept with my clothes on in case I had to run out of there. It was just so weird, but I was proper, proper afraid. I had this sudden experience of deep fear, and none of that fear experience was welcome or fun. Well, when Nehemiah shared his sadness with the king, he felt this type of fear, a genuine fear. Just to remind you, in um, chapter two, the king spots his sad face and he says, you know, why do you look so sad? And in verse two, Nehemiah openly admits to us, the reader, that in that moment he was and I quote, very much afraid. Now, I find this quite interesting because he didn't have to admit that. You know, the book of Nehemiah is written in the first person. So scholars tend to think it was written by Nehemiah himself, though some scholars suggest that a man called Ezra was a contributing editor to this book as well. But my point is Nehemiah, maybe with the help of Ezra, writes his account of his big moment with the king, And he could have easily acted all super brave and written himself in as the hero of this account. 
Have you ever met people who like to do that in life? You know, they say things like, yeah, man, I just walked in there and I said, I want this and I want that and I want it yesterday. And of course they did it because I rock. You know, like people act like they're the Terminator. You know, I want your boots, your clothes, (laughs) your bike. That's an awful accent, but you know what I mean? Great impression. But no, People might think uh, that, you know, the way to live life is to have no emotion, no fear at all. That Some people come across as like they've just got task-orientated confidence at every point. But Nehemiah was not the Terminator. In fact, newsflash, none of the biblical characters were killer cyborgs, as far as I know. They were people, human beings, you know, like you and I. And so Nehemiah gets this opportunity here, and he is scared, and importantly, He admits that he's scared. He writes it down and shares his fear with the world, with us. Now, why was he scared exactly? Well, it's possible that he thought the king would be angry if anyone around him was sad. Yeah, it's true, right? But in some traditions, the ruling elite wanted to be perpetually entertained. For example, in another book of the Bible, Esther chapter 4, verse 2, it says that the people um, who wore sackcloth were not allowed to enter the king's gate because sackcloth was seen as a sign of mourning or being upset. And so Nehemiah might have thought, oh, crud, you know, kings hate people being on a downer and he's just spotted my sad face. So maybe that's why he's terrified. It reminds me of the Hammer film Curse of the Werewolf with Oliver Reed. Remember that? There's a really grim opening sequence where a beggar wanders into the wedding of a nobleman in 18th century Spain. And this cruel ruler just sits there on his throne, wanting to be entertained, making this poor beggar dance until the beggar makes this inappropriate remark. And he ends up being cast into prison and he's confined there for decades because of this remark. He ends up attacking a servant girl, which produces a little baby that for some reason grows up to be Oliver Reed as a werewolf. But anyway, I digress. Um, now, I admit that's not quite where the story of Nehemiah is going, but that initial part does resonate. Maybe Nehemiah was terrified that he was with this king who could be on a knife edge, you know, and throw him into the cell for being suddenly glum for doing the sackcloth vibe in his presence. Oh, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe Nehemiah was simply frightened because he got his big moment. You know, the TV chat show host, Graham Norton from the UK. Well, I watched a documentary about him once and he was talking about the start of his career. And he said that the only thing scarier than never getting your big break is getting your big break. Maybe Nehemiah had been for four months hoping for uh, development with the king. And then finally it comes and... He's, he's afraid. Have you ever done that? You ever had that experience? You've hoped for something to come for ages and ages. And then when it finally comes, you are terrified. You even wish it hadn't come at all. Well, suddenly the spotlight is on Nehemiah and he's scared for whatever reason. But when the fear comes, he has this choice. He can either succumb to the fear and avoid his big break, or he can just speak out anyway and get the ball rolling. And he does the latter. Even though he is scared, his response is surprisingly bold. The king asks him, why are you so sad? You know, what do you need? And then Nehemiah, as terrified as he is, just starts going for it. He's like firing out requests. Check out verse 5, verse 7, verse 8 for these detailed requests that he makes. He is somehow both simultaneously scared, but also very bold at the same time. Well, what's the message in this for us tonight? Well, I think it's building on what we talked about last week. 
Some of you are letting fear stop you doing the very thing you would love to do in life, whether it's a vision for a new career or personal development or a new creative venture, whatever. You are thinking that your fear is so great that you cannot possibly do it. But then there are verses in the book of Isaiah, for example, let's say, tell everyone who is discouraged, be strong and don't be afraid. God is coming to your rescue. Yeah, I don't think that reads as a command, by the way, you know, like, do not be afraid. And if you are, you are a filthy sinner. <laughs> like, I don't think it's, it's, it's more like an encouragement. It's saying, hey, you don't have to let fear control you and take over you because you are not on your own. The Bible is filled with normal people getting scared. And it's also filled with verses saying, it's okay. In the midst of your fear, you're not alone. What are you scared of then? You know, what fear is holding you back from being what you want to be? What makes you too scared to try? Is it the fear of failure? The fear of rejection, of looking stupid, of getting attacked by a Spanish werewolf called Leon? You know, these are all, I think, very legitimate fears. But they were never supposed to run your life. There's a classic phrase you've probably heard before called feel the fear and do it anyway which hit the public zeitgeist through a book by Susan Jeffers about 30 years ago. And her point was that when we allow fear to rule us, we end up trapped in a place of paralysis and pain and indecision. And if we wait for that fear to just vanish, we're going to be waiting for a long time, forever even. So she says that there is a simple alternative, to feel the fear and do it anyway. That's what Nehemiah did. And it's an approach that can have powerful results. Let me illustrate with a story. Me and my family got the amazing opportunity to go to Orlando, Florida last year, and I had an absolutely fantastic holiday to the Disney and Universal theme parks. I loved it. But while I really got a kick out of the haunted house attractions, the immersive 3D rides, simulators, and all of that stuff, there were other styles of ride that scared me in a real way. Let me mention just two of them. One was Dr. Doom's Fearful in Universal's Islands of Adventure, and the other one was the Tower of Terror in Disney Hollywood Studios. Now, both of them are high-altitude free-fall rides. And I've got to admit to you, right, I was scared of going on those, especially Doctor Doom, because at least in the Tower of Terror, you're inside like a haunted 1930s hotel. The theming is so rich, detailed, and fantastic, it distracted me from the essence of the ride, which was an accelerated free-fall to the ground. Plus, a lot of that view is hidden, actually, on that ride deliberately. So that I didn't find that one too bad. But Dr. Doom's fearful, oh man, you just sit there, legs dangling in the air. And I'd seen YouTube videos, right, where you could see Orlando all around you. You could probably see your hotel and, uh, you know, other parks on the horizon. But my daughter had said, let's go on that. You know, she really wanted to go on it. And before I went on it, I just remember thinking, ooh, I've, I've got a choice here. I am honestly scared and no one is forcing me on this ride. But I just kept thinking, how will I feel if I skip it? If I skip it, I'll feel relieved and I'll feel safe. And those are two positive emotions. Nothing wrong with those emotions. But then when I asked, if I go for it, what would I feel? I thought, well, I'll feel scared, but I'll also feel excited and proud of myself. 
And so in that moment, I decided, well, the key question for me is, which of those sets of feelings do I want to experience the most? Do I want to experience relief and safety, as good as those are, or would I like to experience excitement and maybe even a sense of personal bravery? <laughs> no, I know that's some of you are laughing at me now, because some of you would just hop on those rides without a care. But listen, I felt genuine fear getting on board um, Dr. Doom's fearful. But you know what? I did it anyway. And I remember me and my daughter's legs just dangling on the bottom of the ride. And my heart rate, like almost bursting through my chest. And that horrible, horrible, torturous weight. And you're staring at Dr. Doom's face and his flashing red eyes. And I'm like, crud, crud, why am I here? What am I doing? Until... You know, you hurtle up into the air, and as that happened, I just thought, yes, this was the right decision. And more to the point, I realized that the anticipation of the fear was way worse than the fear of the actual experience. We came off Dr. Doom, and my daughter said, again, I want to do it again. And I will not lie to you, I felt the same fear immediately. Even though I just had the ride, the same fear came back. It was like habitual, I suppose. I'd made the decision already and I thought, I'm not going to think about it anymore. And I ran around to the pass line again and there was no queue and we rode on it immediately afterwards again. I suppose the question Nehemiah prompts to us, I think, tonight is, do you want your life to be an adventure? Well, if you do, you've got to accept that the best adventures are the scary ones. And sometimes that means being actually scary. You're like truly, not fun scary, but truly scary. But sometimes it's the truly scary experiences that end up becoming the most meaningful. Heck, that night um, that I spent in a real haunted hotel, you know, for my book, that was, gen I'm not kidding, that was genuinely frightening to me. No joke. I did not enjoy that experience at all at the time. But afterwards... I am so glad that I had that experience. I look back on that as a, as, a, as a really great memory of my life, even though I was frightened. I know that sounds weird, but, you know, that's just what I'm like. And I wonder if that's a message to you. Have you been allowing your life to coast for a little bit too long? What if you're being called out into an adventure, a scary one even? Maybe you'll see that in religious terms. You know, you'll, you'll know that there's a God who loves you and understands you and is inviting you into a new world of excitement and possibility and will be there at your side at every step. Cool. I mean, that, that's kind of how I see my walk in life. But maybe you're not from a faith background. That's fine. But you would still like to experience more out of life. Well, Nehemiah got his big break and it scared him. But he felt the fear and he did it anyway with boldness. And because he did, his adventure began. Maybe that is precisely how your new adventure will begin too. Last week we learned that it was okay to be vulnerable and admit our sadness. And this week we learned that it's okay to be filled with fear as well. Neither of those things have to have the power to control us and hold us back. In fact, admitting them can be the very thing that makes the adventure begin. Well, listen, before we have the band come to play for us for our final song, we're going to have a moment of prayer and reflection. Um, 
Mary Henry's not going to play for us this week, but instead I'm going to invite John Russell. Now, John is a wonderful world-renowned composer and pianist who has moved into the Carmichael Mansion here in Creepy Cove just recently. And we're absolutely delighted that he's part of our music team already here at the church. So, John, would you please come and play some music to help us reflect tonight? Thank you. Okay, so as the music plays, I want you to picture yourself in a theme park. Maybe it's Universal Studios in Florida or, or Disney or Alton Towers, whichever one you've heard of. Maybe it's Funhouse out of Toby Hooper's film. But anyway, picture the ride that scares you the most in that fairground. And you're seeing loads of people around you flocking to get on that ride. They're getting on and they're laughing and they're loving it, but not you. You're waiting on a little wall by an ice cream stand. And it's actually pretty comfy here. And you're tempted to sit this ride out. Buy yourself a vanilla twist. It's not the end of the world if you do that, you know. It's not a disaster. It doesn't make you any less of a person if you decide not to get on the ride. It's just that all around you, you can hear the squeals of excitement from all the other people who have boarded that ride that you're scared of. No one is forcing you, but you can make a decision. Do you want to leave this moment feeling safe and relieved? It's perfectly respectable if you do. Or would you rather leave this moment feeling excited and proud of yourself for stepping out? If it's the latter, get up and join the queue. Well, obviously finish your ice cream first. You know, I'm not a maniac. Right, yeah, finish that. Okay, you're done? Great. Now join the queue. That ride, that ride represents whatever it is you're hoping for. And as you picture yourself getting on it, let it be a mental preparation for when you leave this service and you get on that scary ride for real. Let's pray. God, life can be scary, especially when you give us a desire to do something that is new and out of the ordinary, perhaps something we've never done before. But Lord, help us to know that you stand in the queue with us and you board the coaster car with us and you head up the slope with us and you hurtle through the loops with us and you shout and you scream just as we shout and scream. And then later... You laugh your head off with us when we finally get off and feel that exhilaration. And so we ask you tonight, would you fill our year ahead with new adventures, both big and small, and let our lives become like a mantelpiece that are covered with these roller coaster photographs you get at theme parks, reminding us of those times when you invited us to do crazy things that were out of our comfort zone and where we felt the fear and we did it anyway. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you, John, for your fine playing. We really appreciate it. Well, listen, join us at the next service where we're going to be exploring the importance of working alongside other people, particularly when they're different from us. But for now, I'm going to invite our worship band up so we're going to lead us in our final song. Now, this is a new song they've written especially for this service because it explores how our fears are real and undeniable but they don't need to rule us. So if you can, 
please stand and sing. I'm scared of werewolves. I'm scared of werewolves, I'll say it. I'm scared of werewolves, I'll say it. There's no other way I can play it. Whoa, I'm scared of werewolves, I'll say it. I think it'll start when I found the dead sheep. There was no head left, he was missing his bleed. But listen to me, I live on a farm, and though the moon is full, I'm gonna keep strolling on. Oh, I'm scared of werewolves, I'll say it. I'm scared of werewolves, I'll say it. to my eye well thank you for coming everybody i hope you will join us next time and also that you might even consider becoming a member of the congregation here at creepy cove in fact there's some members only bonus material related to this service including an, an american well thank you for listening to this sermon only edition of creepy cove community church podcast you can find more sermons but also full services as well if you wanted to check out creepycove.com Remember, support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash creepycove or visit creepycove.com and sign up to the Peter Laws newsletter so you can stay in the loop. Have a great week. Take care.